tonight will continue on the aspect of sight and seeing. Sight and seeing. I want to point to us tonight that there's a difference between seeing and sighting. There's a difference between to see and there's a difference between sight. So to see and sight, they are two different things. Though they look almost similar or sound almost similar. When we talk about seeing or to see or being given the ability to see, what it means is for one to receive grace or strength to see physically or to behold physically or spiritually. So when we're talking about seeing, we're talking about beholding a thing or something or someone physically or spiritually. That is what we mean by seeing. Now what we are, when we're talking about sight, when we're talking about having the grace to have sight, we're talking about perception. Perception of what it is it's seeing. There's a difference between what you see and you know, there are some times that what you see may not translate ordinarily to that thing that you are seeing. There is a, or an ability that is given to one to be able to perceive that what I'm seeing is what I'm seeing. Hallelujah. Praise you the Lord. So for us to see a thing, we need grace and the grace of sight to receive a perception, to be able to see, actually see what we are seeing. So to actualize what we see, we need sight. To actualize what we see, we need sight. Because sight gives us the perception of what we see. And I want to make us to understand here tonight that it is possible to see or to perceive correctly or incorrectly. There is an ability to see or to sight a thing appropriately or inappropriately. And this interpretation depends on what is seen for time. Someone may see yellow and another person will say, no, that, that is not yellow, that's actually, give it another color, that's red. Someone will say, no, no, that's not red, that's pink. Now, what is making us Barring the fact that maybe people have issues with their sight. I hope we know that people that have issues with their sight translates to the fact that people can also have issues with their sight spiritually. People not only have issues with their sight physically, people also have issues with sight spiritually. Now let's turn our Bible to the book of Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And that was what brought to Paul the aspect of perception, which is the sight that we talked about. Mark chapter 4, verse 12, you could read for us if you are there. So that you may look and look, yet not see. They may listen and listen, yet not understand. For if they did, they will come to God. Praise the Lord. Verse 12 says that seeing they may see and not perceive. So that was where the aspect of perceiving comes from. That it does not just stop at seeing. We need to pray to God and to ask God to give us the grace to rightly perceive 
life with what we see. So that what we see can properly translate what we see. So that we don't begin to see wrongly. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going somewhere tonight. Now I want to tell us also at this point that the opposite of sin is blindness. If someone is not seeing, that means the person is blind. And a person also can be either physically blind or spiritually blind. Someone can be physically blind or spiritually blind. We'll see some uh, places in the Bible that talks about physical blindness, which will also transmit into uh, spiritual blindness. Now, what are the characteristics of the blind state? To be blind is a state. The body of Christ today is in a state whereby we need to call upon the name of the Lord that what indeed he ordained us to be as the body of Christ we might be. There are certain things going on in the body of Christ today that makes us to wonder if this is the same Jesus we received so many years ago. It seems that this generation, they kind of accepted another Jesus. Because to the way they believe, to the way they behave, to the things they do, it needs to fall that there's a foundational problem here. And this is not the salvation that was handed to us by our fathers. Our fathers in the faith. And so that's why we need to see indeed. We know that God is going to give us the grace to see. But we need to know and assess ourselves if perhaps we are spiritually blind. If perhaps there are aspects of our lives that are experiencing blindness. And we need to touch tonight. We need to touch the hand of God's coming tonight to say, Lord, I think I'm blind in this area of my life. And I need healing. I think I'm not receiving great perception in this area of my life. And God, I need right perception. Because right perception gives you the ability to see right. What are the characteristics of the blind state or blind people, either physical or spiritual? If we look at the case study in the book of Luke chapter 8, let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter, chapter 8, 18, Luke chapter 18, and we read from verse 35 to 43. Luke chapter 18, from verse 35 to 43. Yes, sir. A blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of the crowd going past, he asked God to laugh. They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going back. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Be quiet. The people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, Alright, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can you help us again to go to Mark chapter 10? Mark chapter 10. Let's start reading from verse 46 to 52. 
Mark 10, 46 to 52. The same account on a different version. Mark 10, 46 to 52. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left his house, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside him. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on you. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted loud, Son of David, have mercy on when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come in. When, so they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling me. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, we've been able to see the same account in the book of Luke and Mark. Now, the book of Mark made us know particularly that the name of that man was Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. So, what we are looking at is what are the characteristics of this blind state of blind people? Number one, they are beggarly. They are beggarly. Always beggarly. Never able to achieve or attain life. Always living a substandard life. They are better. We saw the blind Bartimaeus. The Bible said he was waiting for arms, he was better. That is number one characteristic of people that are in a blind state. They stay in a state of, you know, be beggars. They are better. Now, the second state in which we see that blind people or blind people experience is that they are always by the wayside. They are always by the wayside. The Bible made us to know that blind Bartimaeus was by the way. He was by the way. And this brings to my understanding that when a man continually stays at the wayside, he cannot arrive at his destination. When a man continually and enjoys staying at the wayside, he cannot arrive at his destination. Because he's neither here nor there. He's neither far nor near to where he's going or where he's coming from. They don't, they don't arrive at their, their destined position and they don't attain their destined place. That is another characteristic of those that are in blind states. And as we go on, I want us to just not see blindness as physical. That's why I brought the introduction. Let us begin to dig deep into the spirit realm. What causes blindness and how blind or blind, how, how the blind people are in their state. The third state in which we see blind people or blind, yeah, blind people is that they are cut off from relevance. They are cut off from relevance. The Bible said that blind Bartimaeus had to say because he couldn't see. So he was just hearing what was going on. And he had to say, ah, please, what is that name? What is this noise I hear? I hear a lot of people. Now what is going on? He said, the people told him that, ah, it is Jesus. So they told him that it is Jesus of Nazareth. And you know that because of his blind state, he was already caught from, what was that name? He was caught up from relevance. They even shouted him down when he was shouting, when he realized it was Jesus of Nazareth. He said, that 
young son of David, they said it was Jesus of Nazareth, but he was able to recognize that this is beyond Jesus of Nazareth. This is the son of David. By the time he began to shout, son of David, have mercy on me. They said they shouted him down, keep quiet, don't disturb the master. Keep quiet, it is not in your class, it is not in your category that Jesus has come from. I was trying to imagine what they were telling the blind man that day. This man was literally caught from relevance. What was happening, the people did not bother him about because they felt he's in a blind state, he's in bad shape, he's not relevant. He's not relevant. That's the third characteristic of people in blind states. They are cut off from relevance. The fourth characteristic is that they are clothed with a garment of shame and obscurity. They are clothed with garment of shame and obscurity. The Bible said that blind Bartimaeus, when Jesus called him, they said, okay, oh, Cherub, the master called him. The Bible said that he threw off his garment. Ran. He threw off his garment and ran. That, that garment was actually a limitation for him. So people that are in blind state have a limitation that wraps around them and makes them stay in a state of shame and obscurity. But this man, the blind Bartimaeus, he made sure and ensured that that night, if it was night, he made sure that that day he became relevant. The fifth point, or the fifth thing that we see in blind state is that they are limited and they are altered. They are the same point and not progressive. This man always comes to this particular spot to beg. He was limited to that spot. He could not go anywhere without the help of any man. He always needed people to carry him, put him there. You, I'm sure to even eat, he had to send someone to buy food, to do this, to do that. He was limited. He was altered. He was at the same point. He was not progressing. Now the question is, by the time we're doing a soul search this evening, where are you in the journey of life? I began to ask myself that, where am I in the journey of life? Where am I? In the journey of life. In all these things that characterize blindness, is there anything that an iota of a thing that can be seen in my life? The sixth thing that I see that happens to people in blind state is that they are short-sighted. They are short-sighted. They are too short to see. If you look at the account in the book of Luke chapter 19, let's go to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. They are short-sighted. They don't see beyond their goals. They don't see beyond their eyes. They don't see beyond their present circumstances. They don't see beyond their present position. They are short-sighted. Luke chapter 19, Proverbs 1 to 4. Luke chapter 19, 1 to 4. And it says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. I don't know why it's Jericho, Jericho tonight. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus. He had an hunger. He sought to see Jesus. He sought to see Jesus, and, um, so, and he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, that's for the multitude, because he was of a little stature. The Bible said he was of a little stature. Verse 4 says, and he ran before and climbed up, climbed up the sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass by that way. This man was a man of a short stature. We can translate it to the fact that he was short-sighted. 
his sight was too short because of his stature to see Jesus. So characteristics number six of people in blind state is that they are short-sighted. Another thing is that, like I said it in verse six, is that they are short-natured. They, are, they, don't, they, they don't look beyond what is happening to them. Their nature is that they are satisfied with little. They are satisfied with either good or bad that is happening to, to them. They are satisfied, oh, okay, maybe it's my kadala. <laughs> maybe that's how God wants it. And they have not been able to search the scripture, indeed, what God intends for their life. They are satisfied with their state. They are satisfied with so little, and they don't stay at that point. Praise the Lord. So in the, in, the, in the real sense, they have a, a stunted spiritual growth. They have a stunted spiritual life. They're just satisfied, satisfied with so little. So as we continue this evening, I want us to go on this journey as we go through Jericho and all the Jerichos in the Bible, that where indeed am I in the journey of life? Does it seem as if your journey is altered? Does it seem as if you have no significant progress? Does it seem as if there are difficulties on your way? Does it seem as if you live a life of obscurity or intimidation? The good news is that Jesus is here tonight. The Bible said that Zacchaeus sought to see. And as many are like me that come tonight and they seek to see, we will find them in the name of Jesus. Amen. He said the Son of Man has come to seek and save as many as are lost. So what does a blind state require? We have seen the characteristics of people in blind states. So what does a blind state require? What does a blind person need? Number one, God's mercy. Either for physical healing or for spiritual healing. A person or a people in a blind state, they need God's mercy. If we look at the book of Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10, and if we read verse 47, Mark 10, 47, he said, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He said, Someone tonight, your life has been messed up. There's something about your life that tells you that your life is altered. There's something that is telling you that this is not the state that I should be in. There's something telling you that this is not the best of your life that you can achieve. I want to tell you tonight that all we need to do tonight is to call on Jesus for mercy. God's mercy. That's what a blind man or a person in a blind state needs. Number two, what a blind state needs. We need the power of revelation of the son of David. The son of David, the Messiah. The Messiah that has come to save and seek the lost. We need the power of revelation. If we decide to base our life on assumption, if we decide to base our Christian journey on assumption, it will get us nowhere. It will be a journey to nowhere. But if we decide that we want to depend on the power of the revelation of who Jesus is. Paul said that I may know him. That I may know him. That is one thing that we need in one states. That wherever we may be in, when we call upon the Lord, he reveals himself to us. 
He reveals who he is to us. And by the time we're able to know who Jesus is, we begin to see ourselves like as we see ourselves in a mirror. And as he beholds, and as we behold him, the Bible says we become like him. We behold him as if we're looking at Jesus in the mirror. Before we know it, we are being translated into the very image of the Son of God. We need a revelation of who Jesus is. For us to have this revelation, we cannot have the revelation of who Jesus is without the Word of God. The Word of God is that mirror that we put before us daily to examine ourselves, to examine our lives as a man beholds himself in a mirror. He begins to see who is good, what he is like. We begin to see our true nature. We begin to see our true sinful nature. We begin to see our true self so that we may be able to cry, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Because if we do not see where the problem is, we cannot cry. If we do not see where the problem is, we will have nothing to go to God to pray about or to ask about. But when we see where the problem is, where we behold this mirror, and we begin to see ourselves, and we begin to see our shortcomings, and we begin to see that all Jesus desires is just a life of surrender. I was reading a book, a book written by Andrew Murray, and he said that all that God desires is a life of surrender. He said, but the, 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 the normal Christian thinks that surrendering comes from our physical ability. We cannot surrender to Jesus with our physical ability, no. You cannot come to Jesus and say, Lord, I surrender. That will just be a gift service. But when we come in faith, and when we believe that when we call upon him, he's able to answer us. When we believe that he's able to help us, by the power of his spirit, that when we, when we say we surrender, his spirit takes over that surrendering. So that the Bible says, it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Hallelujah. Amen. The power of revelation. The power of revelation. Number three, we need the power to see. The power to see. And not only to see, the power to see where. If we go to 1 Kings chapter 18, the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, and we go through from verses 41. 1 Kings chapter 18, are we there? Are we following? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 1 Kings chapter 18. If you're there, you will help us read from verse 41 to 46. Look, uh, sorry, 1 Kings 18. 41 to 46. And Elijah said to her, Go, eat and drink, for there is a sound of rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the, to, to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed himself down to the earth and put his face between, the, between his knees. And he said to his servants, Go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said again, seven times and at the seventh time he said behold a little cloud a little cloud like a man's hand is, is rising from the sea and he said go up say to where prepare your child your chariot and go down lest the rain stop on you and in a little while the heavens grew black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain and Ahab brought away to Israel and the hand of the Lord was, was on Elijah 
and he gathered up his garments and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jojo. Praise you the Lord. Verse 41 says that um, Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. It takes a man that sees and knows to be able to say, even when he has not seen it, that there is a sound of abundance of rain. He had not seen it, but he knew it. And when we get to that place that we're able to trust God for his word, we're able to believe God and what God said in his word, he will do. He will give us the power to see. We'll still, we'll still dwell, dwell more on that scripture. I just want us to go to the remaining points because they will talk about that scripture too. So apart from the fact that we need the power to see his plans and purposes for our life, number four, we need the power of sight. Like I said, sight is perception, perception of what we see. We need to have the correct perception of who we really are in Christ and how the situations before us yield to what the Lord has said concerning us. The Bible said in Zechariah, he said, he said, Who art thou, O great mountain, before the Zerubbabel? He said, Behold, you shall be proclaimed. Hallelujah. That was the power of sight to be able to see that this mountain, no, it's not meant to consume me. It's meant to be plain before me. No matter how great the mountain is, God can give you the ability to know that what you see, to perceive that what you see is not to consume you, but instead is to make you. He said, who are that all great mountain? Who will believe that a great mountain can just come and become plain? Who are that all great mountain before the river? Now, the question is, Let's go on before I ask that question. Praise the Lord. So apart from the power of sight that we really depend on God to have, we need faith. We need faith. We need faith from God. So that even times when situations don't seem like it, we trust God for his work. We hold him at his work. If we look at Romans chapter 14, it says something. Romans chapter 14. If we look at verse 23, Romans 14, 23, I actually am interested in the big part. It said, for whatsoever is not of faith, it's sin. So whenever we act not in accordance of faith, we are actually sinning. But what it says, when we dwell in faith and walk in faith, that's when we are living according to the word of God. So faith is not just confession. It's not just confessing, oh, I have faith. Faith is believing that the word of God is true and that the word of God that is true is true concerning my life. And if he said it, he meant it. If he meant it, it will come to pass in my life. He's having an assurance that God cannot fail me. The Bible said concerning Samuel, he said, Samuel, that was just a prophet. He said his word did not fall to the ground. Everything that God told Samuel and said concerning Samuel, he said, God did not allow those words to just go carelessly like that. He accomplished the purpose. So every word that proceeded from Prophet Samuel, he accomplished the purpose for why God sent it. So we that we have received so much grace from God. We have Jesus Christ in us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. The book of John said, I and my Father, we will come and make our abode in you. So if we have the power of 
Jesus Christ living in us, if we have God in us, and we have the Holy Spirit to empower us, why are we still acting faithlessly? Why are we still not believing God that he's true to his word? Why are we still doubting God? The Bible said Abraham, he did not waver at the promises of God because he believed that who he had believed that is God, that he's faithful. He's faithful. Too faithful to fail. Too faithful to disappoint. We need faith. Another key thing that we need in this blind state for us to have a healing is we need patience. If we look at the story that we read in 1 Kings chapter 18, the prophet had to tell the servant, he had to tell him, go seven times. And those seven times, he was always asking, what do you see? He was patiently praying. The Bible said he put his head between his knees and he was groaning in the spirit. He was waiting because he knew that God has spoken it, he would not fail. So he was waiting for that word to come to pass. He said, go seven times, that's how it went. And hallelujah, the seventh time he came, he said, I see. If we would just stay in the presence of God and be a little bit more patient, what we have been asking God for is just round around the corner. It's just at about the corner. Be patient. Be patient. What is that thing that you're trusting God for? What is that thing that you've been seeking God for? What is that thing that you have been crying to God for? The Bible says tonight that all we need is patience. Because God is true to his word. If it's in his word, he meant it. That's why it's written. And he said the Bible for us is for instruction, for correction, for admonition, for encouragement. If the Bible, if God did not mean it, it will not be in the word. It will not be in the Bible. But because he meant it, he said it, it will be so. And all he needs from us is that we be patient. That is a key factor that we need in seeing and hearing what the Lord is doing. For the prophet said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Beloved, you don't need to see the rain yet, but hear the sound. Put yourself, strategize yourself in a position where you can hear. Don't be mingled up with things that will not make you hear. Put yourself in a position where God is looking for someone to talk to. He will say, Funke is available. Achibola is available. He will speak. And I pray that God will give us that secret of patience tonight. That we might receive what he has planned for us and proposed for us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The next key thing that we need in blind sake is to know that nothing is something. Praise God. Nothing is something. So even if you don't see it, it's still something. The Bible said, He said, He told the servants, I said, Go again. I was trying to shut my heart that when I have that kind of patience on the mountain, Mount Carmel, to be waiting for just a sign of rain. Yes, God has told me, I hear the sound of abundance. But I, I was just starting, won't I be tired by number three? But this man of God was not tired. So the fact that he saw, the fact that someone said nothing, it meant something. It meant we are closer to where we are going. We are closer to where we are going. We are closer to achieving the promise that God has, has put in place for us. We are closer to receiving the promise that he has given us. We are closer to achieving the purpose for which he called us. 
So brethren, nothing is something. It just means you are closer. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's a sound of abundance of rain. All you need to do and all you need to know is that you just need to hear it. Once you hear it, you will see it. Once you hear it, you will see it. Hallelujah. Amen. So that you did not see it in the first instance doesn't mean that God is not doing something in you and for you. A pregnant woman does not know when she conceives. She suddenly finds out that she's having morning sickness. She suddenly, even with the morning sickness, she's still not sure, am I pregnant, am I not? Then before she knows it, she goes to the hospital and the doctor does a test and says, oh, madam, congrats, you're pregnant. But even now, at that time, she still doesn't know she's pregnant. She can't see the baby. The doctor does say, you are pregnant. And she believes it. Why does she believe it? Why? Something is happening. And she believes that at the end of nine months, I'll carry my baby. And that is what God wants us to see tonight. That nothing is something. Nothing is something. That you don't see it does not mean that God is not working something in you. And I pray that God will give us the grace to understand. And grace to hear out. And grace to strategically wait upon the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that wait upon the Lord. He said he will renew their strength. We don't get tired when we wait on God. He renews our strength. So if you are getting tired while waiting on God, search your waiting again. Your waiting may not be right. If you are tired when you are waiting before God, go back and say, God, I didn't get it right in the first instance. I want to know how to wait on you. Because those that wait upon the Lord, He said they will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will walk and not go faint. They will, they will run and not be weary. So if you are getting weary in this Christian journey, go back to God and say, God, I missed it. How should I wait before you? He said, we were wrong, we will not be weary. And this is the time that God is looking for brethren. He's looking for brothers. He's looking for sisters that will wait upon him to carry his vision to the very end because the end of time is close by. My Father and the Lord said, the end of time, the rapture is just about, we are just at the corridor of the end time. And God is looking for a man that will be patient. To wait for what he's doing in his life. To wait for what he's working in our life. To be able to achieve what he has been called to do on planet Earth before he comes. Because when he comes, he's going to ask you, he's going to ask me, what did you do with what I gave to you? The calling I gave to you, what did you do with it? Were you patient enough? Or you buried it like that man and said, I know that you are a very well master. What did you do with it? The one that had five, he gave five more. That was an attitude of patience and faith that this man that has gone today is coming back for his returns. So he put it into use. Good investment. How are you investing into the kingdom? I'm not talking about physically now. Yes, sometimes we go through it physically. But spiritually, what are you doing to populate heaven and depopulate hell? What are you doing to do that which he has committed into your hand? Someone will say, I don't know what he has called me to do. Time is running out. This is the time to go. This is the time to know it. No one is too young to know what God has committed into his hands. Because when we were coming to planet Earth, God says, see, I have made even before you, you, you were born, before you were conceived, before you, you were born to this earth, I have already known you. I have called you by name. I have called you a deliverer. I have called you a savior. I have called you an evangelist. I have, called, I have given you something to do. Hallelujah. 
say I hear the sound of abundance of rain. It preceded what he was going to see. And it wasn't surprising that at the seventh time, <laughs> they did it. the rain did not have time to wait for them. Because he had to send to Ahab, King Ahab, are you still there? You better start running. Because this rain is about to fall. And the Bible said, the cloud that that man said was just like the hand of a man. He said it become thick cloud. And he said, there now came a very thick and a strong storm. And before you know it, it was followed by a very heavy rain. So a sound precedes a sight in the realm of the spirit. What you hear, you see. What you hear, you have the power to see. What you hear, you see. What you hear, you have the power to see. Hallelujah. When I went through Second Peter chapter 2, verse 8, I was surprised at what I saw. Because I saw that what you see or hear can either quicken you or bless your spirit. If we look at that encounter in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 8, he talked about Lot. He said Lot was a righteous man, but that he dwelt in the midst of unrighteous people. He said his soul was best. So that his soul would not be best, he was removed at that particular time. Let's go, let's see what how the Bible puts it. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. So why I shift that in is for us to be careful what we see and be careful what we hear. These are the end times. The enemy roars around like a, like, roams around like a roaring lion, going to deceive as many as we want to listen to him. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 8. Someone there? Okay, let's see. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Mm. If you check from verse 7, he said, um, let me start from verse 6 so that we can understand. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned death with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and deliver the just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man, that is Lot, dwelling among them in singing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Bro, what do you hear? What do you see? Where do you dwell? Are you a righteous man dwelling in the midst of unrighteous people? Are you a righteous man seeing or beholding righteous, unrighteous things? Where is your location? Where are you located? If heaven is telescoping us and searching us in the realm of the spirit, where will heaven see us? Will they see us in the camp of the, right, camp of the righteous? Or they will see us in the camp of the wicked? And I prayed a prayer here when I got to this point. And I know you will pray that prayer too. The Lord, I pray that you will open my eyes. And I will see what you are doing. And what you have done in me and for me. And this prayer came from what happened until, uh, we will still go to that particular place, or maybe I just skipped it already. When the Bible talks about uh, Elisha now, and when, when the people came to surround them, 
And the Bible said that um, the servants, this young man did not see what, what the, the, the prophet was seeing. And he had to pray that God will behold him and the God will open his eyes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And he said, God, open the eyes of this my servant that he might see what I'm seeing. Let's go there. I think that's Second Kings. Let's go to Second Kings. Second Kings chapter 6. Thank you, Daddy. Okay. Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter 6. Second Kings chapter 6. Can someone help us reading from verse 15 to 17? And when the sound of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? 16. So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And uh, 17. And Elijah prayed and said, Choose 
now so that Daddy can round up for us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray the second prayer before we go on. Earlier, I, I said that it is not just about speaking our will, it's about asking the Holy Spirit to help us. That our will, we will lay it down for Him. Let's just say, Lord, I surrender. Lord, I surrender to your will. From my heart, I say I surrender to your will. Give me the grace to totally surrender to you. To surrender my will, my emotions, my feelings, my thoughts, my words, my actions, all for you. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come upon me. Let the power of God overshadow me. I don't know if we are noting the points, but I have here number nine as things that are required of a blind state. I noted here that the Lord gives evidence once you are patient. And we've been able to see that. He gave the evidence of rain when the man of God was patient. And another person that was patient in the Bible was Mary. She patiently strategized her life to wait upon God and to wait to be used of God. And when the Messiah was going to be born, the Bible located a certain name. And I, I told God, Lord, I want to be that certain name. I want to be that certain man. That when you are looking for the glory to come upon planet Earth, you will find me. You will find me. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God overshadowed Mary because she prepared herself, waited on God to be used of God. If we look at the scripture, we will note that the mustard seed, the Bible said, is the smallest of all seeds. If we look at Mark chapter 4, or we'll read now because of our time. Mark chapter 4, he said it's the smallest of all seeds. But he said when it grows, it's the largest and greatest of them all. So my question is, what are you sowing? Someone who takes the smallest seed, like I said, I said nothing is something. And if you see that it's something you have, it is something that God wants to use. So if it's that mustard seed that is in your hand, brosses, do you know that that mustard seed is able to go into the greatest of trees? Don't belittle the little beginnings that you have. Don't belittle what you have. Don't belittle what you have. God is about to transform the little you have into something great. And what God desires of us tonight as I wrap up is that we will have a true Christian lifestyle that is separated unto him. A true Christian lifestyle that is separated unto him. And when I look at the book of Psalms, I saw that this was the summary of what Watchman he said. When he said that God desired just three certain things of a man and a woman to live a kingdom lifestyle that will be in fulfillment, you know, of what God intends to do in the life of any man. If we look at Psalms chapter 1 verse 1, Psalm 1 verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel 
your body, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. He said, blessed is the man that walks. Blessed is the man that stands. Blessed is the man that sits. But we are to walk, stand, and sit where he has placed us. Not in the council of the council of the world. Not in the way of sinners. Not in the seats of his country. So for today, can we begin to check our associations and lifestyle? Can we begin to check those we associate our lives and ourselves with? Can we begin to check our life where we want to walk that God? Let me walk right. I don't want to walk in the way or in the counsel of the ungodly. And as we go today, can we say, God, as I stand, I want to stand in your presence. I don't want to stand in the way of sinners. There's a way a man stands in the way of sinners. Yes, it's not simple. He's not a sinner, just like Lot. But he was standing with sinners. And before you know it, his spirit is best. And before you know it, his life does not fulfill the purpose for which he was called. You want to watch what where we stand. You want to stand in the presence of God. You want to watch where you sit. He said, do not sit in the seat of the scornful. Those that mock the things of God. Where she could get water to refresh. It brings refreshing. Where we see right and have the right perception. We have a conscious spirit. And we are protected from harm. Numbers chapter 22 verse 31. One, another thing that sight brings, correct sight brings, is that we have knowledge and understanding. Second Kings chapter 6 verse 17. We have correct knowledge and understanding. Second Kings chapter 6 verse 17. Another thing we have, or it brings, it brings deliverance. And not what that scripture says in Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26 verse 18. Acts 26. Praise the Lord. The Lord are we following? Acts chapter 26, verse 18. And it says, To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inherit among them, and, and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Praise the Lord. When we see right and when we have the correct perception inside, it brings deliverance. It also brings light and illumination. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. And in seeing right, God is able to give us the ability to focus well. That when we put our telescope in the realm of the spirit, we see well. The Bible says, but if your eye be one, you will see right. It says that in the book of Matthew, just paraphrasing now. Praise the Lord. And when we continually look upon the word of God, James chapter 1, verse 25, we continually looking upon the perfect law of liberty. God is able to help us to see. And not only see, but to see that. God will not only help us to see, He will help us to perceive. He will help us to hear. He will help us to know. He will help us to walk right. He will help us to stand right. He will help us to sit right. And I pray that God will help us that from today we will walk right. Amen. We will sit right. Amen. And we will do everything right. Amen. And God has with me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, Lord, we thank you. We appreciate you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.
sometimes I get some messages and I wonder where the people got my phone number. Praise the Lord. And I refuse sometimes to get a sophisticated phone, not because I don't know how to operate it, but because I know that there are so many information around that my spirit does not need. I don't want to live by information. You know the world will tell you that you must be well informed. And that is the tragedy of the church. Praise the Lord. The church now goes by more information such that you cannot decipher what is an information from what is the revelation. Hallelujah. And if there is something I want you to understand in addition to what God has spoken to us tonight is to tell you that God wants to give you the revelation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. There was a scripture that my wife read, which is the story of uh, Zachariah. I mean, uh, Zachariah. There was a follow-up to that scripture in John chapter 12 when some Greek Christians came to meet Philip and from there they went to, Philip went to uh, Andrew and the question they were asking, what was the question? We want to see Jesus. May you see Jesus. Amen. Right. Praise the Lord. Um, what my wife 
talking about the same right. I want to show you something here. In Acts chapter 9, that was the conversion of Paul, isn't it? Talk to me. Yes, sir. Look at what happened in verse 4. Can somebody read verse 4? Then he fell to the ground. How? And hear a voice saying to me, Yeah. So, 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 so uh -huh. why are you persecuted? That's fine. And he said, and he said Who are you, Lord? Now, now, everybody, look at me. What was the question Paul asked? Who are you, Lord? Who are you? Praise the Lord. Who are you, Lord? Have you? Who are you, Lord? That is the question a believer must ask at the name of Bashu. Praise the Lord. What we have now is that when people give their life to Christ, they want the church to know who they are. They are not asking Jesus, Lord, who are you? And I want to put this in perspective to you. Brethren, as we leave this fellowship tonight, that is the first question your heart must desire. Who is Jesus? Praise the Lord. It is the beginning of the journey to fulfillment. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you following me? Now, most of us as believers, we don't ask this question. No wonder we continue our Christian journey basically on information, not by revelation. Reverend, am I talking to you? Yes, Paul asks this question Who are you, Lord? Is he saying that he didn't know him as Lord? He does. But he needed to ask the question. Who are you? And I love the answer that Jesus gave. What was the answer Jesus gave? He said, I am who? Jesus, whom you persecuted. Hallelujah. For this second quarter of the year, this is the question that must have your heart. Who are you? It is those that ask, we want to see Jesus, that Jesus appeared. Are you following me? A believer that does not desire, because you see, Jesus is beyond the name. Am I talking to you? Yes, sir. There is a revelation of Jesus Christ that comes to you that will drop sin from your life. Are you following me? Yes, sir. There is a revelation of Jesus. Let me tell you this. When God wants to help a man, he gives that person a new dimension of the revelation of Jesus. Are you following me? Yes, sir. The day the Lord revealed Jesus as a provider for you, that is the day you will never lack it. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. 
You know, let me share this funny testimony with you. Very funny testimony. And it will shock you. You know, we have a radio program. We tell every Thursday. How many of you know that? That radio program cost us, it was to cost us 300000 every day. But we paid, Rock City gave us a discount, and we paid 200000 every day. Praise the Lord. Last year, we were to pay in April. Some people came and said they want to buy this. People have been coming and they will buy it. 
And then my friend said, they should come and meet you. If I told everybody calling him that you should not call him, you should come and meet him. I said, you are in a bay of now. Why can't you say, no, 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 no. Please, you should help me to save the land. I said, how does he concern me? He said, no, let them relate with you. I said, okay. So I called the people who came. And I told them, can you buy the land for 7 million? No, 7.5 million. And the people said, okay, we'll pay 7 million. We have been begging people to buy it for 6 million. <laughs> a plot of land in that area. 7 million. Where is that? And the people said, okay, we'll pay. And I said, in fact, I didn't allow them to enter my house in front of my kid. I said, you'll pay. Okay, so, what about me that we are talking to? And they say, sir, anything you want, just ask. I said, okay. I'm not a land seller, I'm a pastor. But uh, anything you want to give me, you can give me. I said, can you give me 100,000? Even as me, I would have said no. But because you see, there is no mentality in me that I am selling land and I don't collect commission. I just say, eh. Hey, Anyway. And the man came with his slippers. So I gave them my friend's account number. I said, because I'm not the one selling the land, you know. And by 10 in the night that day, my friend called me and said, Do you know what? I just received an out of 7 million now. I said, David. He said, Yes. <laughs> Said that is a meaning. The Lord is good. He said, you know what? I didn't even know. You know, I thought you are not, you are not, you are just joking. I said, even me, I was joking actually. <laughs> and that was how they brought them up. And then my friend called me and said, I just feel like giving you 200,000. I just feel like giving you. I said, I said, I'm not, you are my friend. I don't need money. I don't why you he said no. It was then the Holy Spirit told me that you need stop that. I provided money for something and you are telling me or let the money. That was how the template money was played last year. Now every this year came. And there is the need to pay money. Praise the Lord. Now, they've been paying our salary, but they have caught it seriously because we didn't join IPs. Now, even though I have the money to pay, something happened. And I'm going to tell you this very seriously. May God give you a revelation. Some money to be able to pay for the living room. But because God wanted to reveal that you are not the one paying, it is me. You know what happened? Can I tell you? I'm not afraid of saying it. My wife may not like me to say that I'm so 
They have not paid my own salary for April. But when my wife's salary was coming, it came with an, an extra of over 300,000. Wow. I want to say, what is this? No time for a report. I said, oh, you see now I pissed that big money now. Even if it were, did they hold me any money? Did they? It was then the Holy Ghost told me that that is the money for the payment of templates this evening. Wow. Hallelujah. I said, oh, why is it that they didn't make that mistake in January? Why not in February? Why not in March? That it was when it came to pay. And it was not a mistake. It was the If it means for God, who is IPC in Abuja, he will make them commit righteous mistakes. What are you talking about? God said he needed money, he wanted to keep it. Buhari cannot, he won't dare it. Are you with me? Brethren, are you hearing this? She will teach you this. Amen. May you have the right revelation. Look, if it means God to create a well that you go and fetch water to your compound, you go and draw a well. And money will follow that word. They not be do it. Amen. That is what it means to understand the revelation of Jehovah Jehovah. The point I'm raising tonight is this. When God wants to help you, he doesn't, he doesn't need your help. When God wants to help you, he will reveal Jesus to you. The day the revelation of the provision side of Jesus down on you, that is the day life lives your life. Because where you never expected money to come from, money will come from. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know why I'm laughing? Sometimes we will say, ah, let's go and buy so so and so. Before we get to the market to buy it, is that that somebody will make sure that it is impossible for us to get that thing? And just as we will be thinking, a phone call will come, that thing we want to buy, it will be released to us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Wanted to buy rice. Wanted to go and buy rice, and uh, I think we got to the market, the person and said, No, 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 he doesn't have that rice now, we should come back. And I said, Thank God. And that day, somebody called and said, The university has kept a bag of rice for you. Come and carry it. I said, Please carry it for you. <laughs> the rice came, and I don't need to buy it again. Praise God. May the provision side of Jesus may be revealed to you. Amen. I'm not 
giving you hype. I want you to organize your life because you are going somewhere this year. Something is going to happen to you. Hallelujah. That's why I just shown you some revelation. When God wants to help a man, he releases the revelation of Jesus Christ to that man. When God wants to heal you, he releases the revelation of Jesus in the healing aspect to you. And then he will heal you. And he will keep healing you. That is what he does. So, we went like that. So, as a Christian, the first question you must ask yourself is, And let me tell you this, the answer to that question will take you from art to eternity. Because it will keep revealing Jesus to you. That was the question that Brother Paul asked. No wonder he wrote to the thought of the New Testament. Because Jesus kept on being in history. Revelation kept on coming. Yes. Who are you, Lord? From now, in your journey as a Christian, begin to ask that question. Who are you, Lord? And may that question not finish being answered in your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Look, that is what a believer should be asking for. It's not for you to be coming to to come to church because of what you want to gain from God. Because inside Jesus, everything you need will be there. Who are you, Lord? That is the first question a son believer must be asking. And from now on, intent. That is the question you'll be asking. Are you with me? I am trusting the Lord that the Lord will use the template fellowship and every program that we are doing to keep us from this question. That every time you come here, a, a new dimension of the revelation of Jesus will be done. A new focus about Jesus will become clear to you. Amen. And you will begin to see results. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody says, sir, if I am trusting God for the life path. How will God do it? How will the revelation of Jesus bring this power? You don't worry. Don't worry. Jesus will reveal himself to you as the most handsome young man that you are looking for. And as Jesus manifests, the real God will manifest. He said, God, sir, my own is a sister. I have been trusting God for the sister. Don't worry. Don't worry. Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. If I tell you that God has breasts, you will believe me. Yes, 
How, why would you use the image? Trusting God that as you are going, any time, please, I want to beg you. 
Don't joke with this fellowship. Amen. Amen. You know why I said so? Because there is a question God is about to answer. Who are you? No. That is the question God wants to answer for you. And you know, who are you, Lord, is different from one person to another. Yes. Do you agree with me? The second question. Verse 6. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? This is supposed to be the next question after the first one that a believer should ask. And what is it? Lord, what will you have me to do? It is not, Lord, what do you want to do for me? It is, Lord, what would you have me to do? The day that question is answered in your life, that is the day you have found your purpose in life. Yes, that is the day you know why you are asked. Any other thing outside of the confines of this question, of the, of the answer to this question, is a wasted life. May I tell you this? This was the day Brother Paul was born. And I love the answer of my Lord Jesus. What was the answer of my Lord Jesus? Just one word. Can you say that word? What is the answer? Arise and do what? You will arise and go. Amen. That is what I call fulfillment. Arise and do what? Go. Ah, I see you arising. Amen. Amen. I see clarity coming on your path in life. Amen. By the grace of God, Amen. at the end and on the 31st of December this year, you will look back and say, God, I thank you. I've not lived a wasted life. Amen. Ah, you will not live a wasted life. Amen. You will move on from here. You will arise and go Amen. to fulfill destiny. Amen. No man will waste your time again. Amen. No situation will waste your time again. Amen. Nothing will waste you again. Amen. Spending time where you are not supposed to spend time. Ah. Oh my God. The day Jesus met Peter, Peter said, Depart from me, Master. I am not worthy. And Jesus said, You are not seen anything. You have been a fisherman, but you will become the fishers of men. He was close to destiny, but he was not there. Are you with me? He was very close to where he was supposed to be in life. He was close to his placement in destiny, but he was not there. Because the word of separated it. He said you are a fisherman, but you are not supposed to be a fisherman. Let me tell you this. That you succeed in life does not mean you have come for God. There are people that after 
Amen. When did he get to know that cross? It was by asking the question, what would you have learned And God downloaded to me and said, Paul, you have been serious, but for the wrong time. You have been running, but in vain. You have been walking. You have labored, but your labor had no reward. Let me show you where you ought to be in life. This is where you ought to be. This is how your journey should have gone. May you not be too great for us. Amen. Nobody in templates will turn in vain. Amen. I am praying that at the end of this year, you will not say like Peter that we have toiled all night. And we caught nothing. I'm sure the master looked at him and said, What a wasted effort. Your effort will not be wasted. Amen. You will not waste. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, it's a terrible thing to grope for a long time in the dark. Only for your way to be open and you'll be asking yourself, why then have I labored this long? Experience is not the easy. It leaves you with rage. It leaves you with discouragement. And there are times when man gets to know his purpose that it is always late. Ah, God spoke to Joshua. He said, Joshua, you are old. There are still more land to come. Ah, may that not be your question. It was like, ah, there are so many ground you should have conquered. But now you are old. Strength is no longer there. Ah, I don't want to be like that. That the Lord will be telling you that, ah, and there are great exploits you're supposed to have done. But now you are too old. You can't continue. Praise the Lord. Ye kapolobo
because I have fought a good fight. I have run the race. I have kept my course. There is now laid for me a crown of praise. Oh! God was not saying that. What other thing do you need to do? He showed him the prize. He showed him the prize. I said, brother, you have done well. You have done well. You have finished your course. You have run the race. Ah! In the name of Jesus, you will finish your course. Let me be very honest with you. People that will get into heaven and receive a crown will be known from the heart. There's the rest of this message. But the two words that will come to a man at the point of death is either that sorry, your time is up, you can't continue. But there are more man to come. Or that God will say, you're fortunate. You are getting faith. You're finished your course. Now come and take your course. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stephen was dying. They were stoning him. But Jesus has risen. That was the only time that Jesus rose up in the tree to welcome him. Because the champion is coming. May you be one. Amen. Bro, sister, the Christian journey will not make any sense if the man does not make. The desire of results that is supposed to be The only profession that continues on earth and death is accounting. Trust me, it's on earth that you account, and in heaven you also do account. May the Lord take you high. Amen. This is what I want us to run for. So that when you are coming for this fellowship, you know what you are coming to see. That God, what would you have me do? Let me tell you the promise of Jesus. Coronavirus or no coronavirus, 2020 years wasted. We can't begin it again. It has gone. The year went without doing anything. But that does not reduce your age. You grew for that. So the excuse that it was born, God removed one year from my age because Corona was wasted. It's not telling me. It is still counted. Are you the same age as you are in 2020? It is counted differently, even though we have Corona wasted. So 2021, you must run faster than you want to run. Because we are already on deficit. In Funam now, we are running the semester of what? 
2019-2020 series uh, session inside 2021. What is tragedy? What is tragedy? And there is a backlog of computers that has passed down since last year that are still waiting. In fact, there are those that are ready to write down those ones in the beginning of 2022. Can you imagine that madness? That will not be your case in the state. Blessed be your name, O God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen.